March. Hi, everyone. You are listening to Start Inspired. I am your host, Samantha March. This is my podcast designed to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation, helping you start inspired and stay inspired. Let's jump into today's episode. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to a new episode of Start Inspired. I am really excited to share this week's episode. I do have a new guest on today, and I wanted to say that I'm filming this intro in my kitchen, which is a little unusual for me, but I do also have the screen door open, and I'm just enjoying listening to the sounds of outside. We have some really nice weather happening in Iowa. As soon as I get done recording this, I'm actually going to take my dog for a W. She's right next to me, so I cannot say the word W-A-L-K because she will freak out. But it's just been really nice. I like to listen to the outside, but it is also a little bit windy. So if you hear anything in the background, just because I'm sitting by an open door, but I just find it to be really, really peaceful and I've been enjoying it. So uh, I wanted to also say quickly that I got so much great feedback on the last episode that went live, which was all about my collaboration with Ofra Cosmetics. And now that I'm recording this, the launch has happened. It's actually a week since the launch and what a crazy experience that was. Um, the, the collection was so well received. I could not believe it. We sold out of the PR boxes. We've sold out twice now at Ulta Beauty. And we're just all of us were so shocked. I mean, I got to travel to Florida and be there for the launch with Over Cosmetics and truly looking around at the faces of everybody as we sold out of the PR box, not once, but twice, as we sold out at Alta Beauty and just seeing the shock and excitement on everybody else's faces was, I mean, it really was an unforgettable moment. So this past week has been an absolute whirlwind. I feel like I still haven't fully grasped how well received the collection was and the palette. And I was so nervous to put out that palette. I was so nervous about the whole collection. I mean, you just, you hope when you work so hard on something and you love it so much, you know, you of course want other people to love it too. And it's, I know that it's simply not possible for everyone to love the same thing, but the majority of the feedback has been so, so positive and I'm so grateful for that. So thank you to everyone who's supported the collection. And if you listened to the last podcast episode and sent in feedback or shared it, uh, I really do just appreciate it so much. It's been such a wonderful week and uh, I, I feel surrounded by so much love and support, and it really means a lot, especially right now. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, but like I said, I do have a guest for this week's episode, and I am getting to interview Julia Salvia. Uh, and I am so excited to have her on in our conversation because this really felt like one of those just kind of authentic, casual conversations between two beauty influencers and content creators. We talked about a variety of different subjects uh, from how she got started and certain hardships that she's faced in the industry to some behind the scenes talk that I don't really hear uh, a lot of other influencers talking about and just what it means to be in an industry that isn't fully recognized yet or accepted yet and what some of the downfalls of that can be uh, when it comes to, to real life. And we also talk about community spirit. Uh, Julia is someone that I really connect with because she's so community minded like myself. She has put together some amazing events uh, for this community and for influencers to not only meet each other, but also to make connections with brands. And that's how I met her. And 
I, I really am inspired by the work that she does. And she has a brand and we talk more about that and how she's getting that launched to try to help other influencers also. So it was really so fun to talk with her. It's a very chill, casual conversation. And I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you take something away from it. So without further ado, here is my interview with Julia. All right. Hello, Julia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, before we get started, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Julia Salvia. I am a social media content creator. Um, I've been doing this for so long. <laughs> I, um, I'm from New Jersey. I'm 27. Um, sometimes I feel much older than that, and sometimes I feel much younger than that, but I am 27. <laughs> and I, I'm just I'm excited to kind of chat more and like share my story with you guys because I feel like I feel like sometimes with introductions, like I am so much more than just like this 27 year old Jersey girl that is a you know content creator influencer. Well, awesome. Well, I'm I'm excited to hear your story because I mean we know each other personally and we've met a few times uh, in person, which is is always so exciting. But I actually wanted to start it off of where you began because I don't even think I know this. But what got you into makeup and beauty and led you to social media? So I started in social media like 2012, and in 2012 I was. Um, in my senior year of high school. And it was just kind of this thought, like I really liked makeup at the time. Um, and uh, I wish, I wish I could show everyone pictures of me like at towards the end of my high school career and like how I dressed to go to school because it was hilarious and a half. Like one day I would look like I was going to an office. The next day I would look like I was, you know, just cute and casual. The next day I looked like I was traveling to the South, like to be a part of like a rodeo. It was just the most crazy, diverse, like every day was something, something new. Every day was something new. Um, and I obviously, you know, added the makeup in there. Um, and I just continued with it. Um, I think I had this idea of, and, and kind of grew up with the idea of like, oh, you need to go to college after high school. And, mm -hmm. um, there was nothing like I didn't really like looking back at it now. I don't think that that's something that you have to do. But when I was there, like it was just something that was going to happen. I wasn't hating on it. I wasn't, um, I was, you know, I was excited for it. I was like, all right, college, cool. Get to move away from my and get the hell out of my parents' house. Um, <laughs> and I, so I went to college and I actually majored in um, entrepreneurship. I thought I wanted to be an event planner which is really fun. I'm sure we'll touch on that later as to how I am kind of an event planner. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, wanted, I wanted to be an event planner. And it was funny because I'm in my freshman year of college like, and my entrepreneurship professors go, okay, so we're going to be working on a business for the next four years of your college career. What business do you want to work on? And I was like, I don't freaking know. 
I was like, I don't know. What do you mean? What business am I going to work on? Um, they were like, it could be a, um, a non-existent business. It could be the business that you want to build or start. It could be um, your parents' business. It could be a business you already have. And a light bulb just like came off and like went off in my head because, you know, in unfortunately, I felt like like in college, I was just like, yeah, how do I get an A? The easiest, the easiest mm-hmm. way. What is the easiest way to get an A and get the heck out of college and, um, and not end up crying myself to sleep in the library study? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was like, huh, hold on a second. Hey, professor, can I work on my YouTube channel? And he goes, yeah. I go, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, wow. I started working on my YouTube and like social media career. Um, I think that same year I was a freshman in college was when I joined Instagram as well. Um, And I started working on that like behind the scenes and doing um, all of our, I think, I think what is what's important to to know is um, I feel like a lot of like, if you're going into a business degree, mine was considered entrepreneurship was considered part of the business degree. And, um, Mm -hmm. The interesting thing is if you actually take a step back and you look at everything you're learning in the general classes, like statistic, statistics, economics, and all that, you're learning like about the corporate world. My major was actually the opposite. My major, because it's entrepreneurship, that's small business. So it's unfortunate that all the other classes that I had to learn was corporate-based, but um, my major itself was entrepreneurship. So it was small business. So we had, you know, I had the the corporate marketing class, but then I also had entrepreneurship marketing. So I was learning on a, a smaller level. So I was able to kind of um, learn a lot and and bring it back to my YouTube content, my social media content. Um, and it's funny because at this point I was still not in any place thinking I was going to be a content creator or do this full time. My mm-hmm. thought went from uh, went from owning my own business in event planning to then, oh, maybe there was a year actually I, I did a lot of Halloween stuff. Um, we had a cool project in, in um, college where the class was literally learn something, do something you've never done before. And you get paid like fake money towards the hours that you put into this. And if you make a certain amount of fake money or do a certain amount of hours, you get an A in the class. And I actually chose doing the 31 days of Halloween for that. That's where I kind of started with the 31 days of Halloween because I saw it as like kind of a trending thing. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this will this is something I want to do. And, and it also obviously gets me the A in the class. So let me do it. And after that, um, a lot of people really liked it. And I thought that I wanted to go into special effects. A lot of people were like, oh, special effects, like movies. Um, and I had the opportunity to do a study abroad in California. Um, and with school, it was kind of like a I call it like a half-ass study abroad because like it's not abroad. It's just abroad the United States because I was in college in Connecticut and like LA is pretty far away. Like <laughs> um, so, um, I went there, realized I hated special effects. It was very construction-based. It was just not for me. Um, and then I was kind of in this place um, – 
towards my um, senior year, I remember it was like the end of my senior year of college, going into my master's, because that is something that I crazily decided to do. But I think I just decided to do it because my dad was kind of pushy about it. And in addition, Mm -hmm. um, it was more of the easiness of like, oh, it's just one more year because my master's actually Mm -hmm. um, overlapped a bit with my senior year. But anyways, so um, I'm in this position and I'm like, after I got back from LA, I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of want to do this. It's like, I kind of want to be a a creator. I kind of want to be a content creator and like do this full time. And, Mm -hmm. but I just kind of had no idea where I wasn't really making any money doing it yet. Um, And I remember sitting in one of my professor's offices and like explaining like my, fears. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. What if it doesn't work out? Like this, that, the other thing. And he's like, why are you sitting here so focused on what your plan B is going to be when you haven't even exasperated all of your options for plan A? Mm -hmm. And that was such a, like, I literally, that's like word for word what he said to me. Like, I remember sitting there and like having the conversation. He was an interesting guy too. He had like he was in the process of painting a dragon on his office wall. <laughs> but like, that's how like how vivid like that memory of that is because that was such a turning point into where I am today because the biggest learning lesson that came from that is like when you allow fear to hold you back, you're never going to get to where you want to be. You're never going to get to where – and that goes for anything in life. That doesn't just go for your career. That goes for mm-hmm. – absolutely anything and everything. Um, and I truly stand by like fear is truly what holds you back. Even if you don't see it as literal fear, even if you don't Mm -hmm. like think of it as fear, it's all fear. If you're questioning something and you're not just going for it, you're holding yourself back. Cause what's so, what's so bad in trying? What's so bad in trying? Um, and I think what kind of made my, um, career in content creation and, social media skyrocket was I was posting about to post this video. I did this like really horrible makeup. Like I'll tell you to this day, it's still one of the worst makeups I've ever done. And (laughs) it's really bad. It's like this. And I ended up calling it, um, I ended up calling it like this alien glittery makeup. And I, wasn't going to post it. I wasn't going to post it because I was like, this is horrible. Like people are going to make fun of me or look at this. Like what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. And, um, I ended up just posting it. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to post it. And I did. And when I tell you it, I mean, this was a different time in Instagram land, if you will, but, Mm -hmm. um, Instagram, it blew up on Instagram and then Cosmopolitan picked it up um, 17 oh magazine picked it up. 17 magazine actually reposted it to their Facebook page and it blew up on Facebook. Um, oh. and then I decided I kind of sat there too. Um, and I was like, okay, well, what has done well for me in the past? Even, even if like, like you will start at some at some point, and I even to this day, when everything seems like it's not doing well, like analytically 
like numeral wise, like number wise, mm-hmm. like I sit down and think, okay, well, what is doing well in regards to the response that I'm getting? Are there people coming up to me like at my gym or like my friends reaching out to me um, via message or someone mentioning something that I'm doing when I'm just in conversation with them, like in DM Mm -hmm. or like outside of like commenting, liking, like outside of social media. And I realized, and I still kind of do this today too, um, because I, I think that sometimes we get caught so caught up in the numbers that we forget, like, like we think that that is the only thing that represents success in something that we're posting. And that is not the case. The, I think mm-hmm. a lot of success comes from word of mouth. And that is why social media, um, like influencing is so big too. Because that goes back to like this newfound like word of mouth. Like you're going to listen to a friend if your friend likes a mascara more than you are to like, honestly, more than you are to Beyonce saying she likes a mascara. Yeah. Because you know Beyonce is getting paid to tell you she likes this mascara. Yeah. Probably getting paid a lot of money to tell you that she <laughs> And while there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all, because I'm sure I would hope, just as influencers, I would hope you like the mascara to mm-hmm. in order to you know get paid to like say that you like the mascara, mm-hmm. um, but you're trusting of your friend, and I think that's where social media went. You're trusting of this friend. So, with that said, I was in this place at the same time of figuring out what to do, and I was like, so many people when I did my Halloween content reached out and were like, "This is so cool. This is amazing. I could never do something like that. Your Halloween content is so good, like so great." And I realized that even though I was, and mind you, I was less than 10,000 followers on Instagram at this point, still like very small, same thing with like YouTube. I was maybe like, I don't even think I hit 10,000 on on YouTube at this point. And this was 20, I want to say it was 2016, 2016 or 2017. I think it's 2016. Um, And I ended up doing the 31 days of Halloween and I did it fully, like the full 20, uh, 20, I did it the full 31 days of Halloween and I did 31 different makeup looks. Um, I gave myself a bunch of ideas of what I thought was like trending and then kind of went out of the box a little bit. And that even blew up even more. And it was the consistency of content too. I mean, great. Like, don't get me wrong. I was in my master's degree. I was in my master's degree at this point. And I was also, um, I made a lot of connections and started getting PR and started building relationships with brands. Um, and I was needing to go to the city a good amount too. And the city was not close to where I lived at that point. Um mm-hmm. So all this is kind of like happening at once. And I would say that the beginning of 2017 was where I really started to make money in this industry, like as a a content creator. And um, I mean, I continued, I continued with it. And I, to be honest with you, I almost failed out of my master's. I actually failed a class. I failed a whole ass class and I had to walk. I had a walk at my graduation knowing that I still had a class to complete right after that in the beginning of the summer. 
because, and the reason why I failed that class was not because I didn't do the work. It was because I wasn't in the class because of my job. And I told all my professors about the job that I had actually for the second semester. So that was the January. And I like sent them, um, I guess like a warning or just like a, hey, this is what I do for a career. And I hope you respect that. None of them did. Oh, wow. Not a single one. One of them was like, well, you shouldn't have t- taken my class. The woman that failed me. Um, and it was so interesting because she was in she was one of my professors for she was heavily like marketing and and management and she failed me just because I wasn't in her class cuz I didn't make it to enough classes cuz I missed more than 3 classes mm-hmm. and it was a really big um a really big um kind of slap in the face too because there was a guy who um was um who was full-time in accounting um he was either a lawyer or accounting, one or the other, and he he was able to miss class, mm. but I couldn't. That's so of, frustrating. Yeah, I, and I truly do think of that. It was. I think it's um. I think it's both a mix of like him just being a man, but mm-hmm. and, and also him having a more. And I'm doing heavy air quotes right now. Real job, <laughs> a real job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. That was long, but that was like, but that's like, I feel like all of those pieces and parts of the story as to where, um, how I've gotten, how I got to that place of like realizing that this was the career path that I was going to take are so important. Um, I mean, I said to myself every single day, um, I want to wake up doing a job that I love. I'm not waking up Mm -hmm. every single morning to a job that I hate or a job that just makes me money. And it, I actually can't connect to people that do. I find that and yeah. mostly like in dating, but I just heavily cannot connect to someone who wakes up every day to go do a job that they absolutely hate just because they make a lot of money from it. I, I can understand that too. It's, it's uh, something that I've noticed before also. So yeah, I, I can understand that. And you know, it's funny when you said that your college major was in business and entrepreneurship, so was mine. So that was just funny. I'm older than you. So I was a few years prior to that. But um, so when you talked about the courses, having to take like the economics and like all of those things, like I just absolutely hated all of that. But my business classes, my actual business classes were super interesting to take. And mm-hmm. um I had to, my business that I was running in college was a bed and breakfast because I thought I wanted to like own a cozy bed and breakfast one day. So that was oh, what, so that was what oh, I worked on. <laughs> right. I was really big into hospitality because, um, so how, my college was probably a little bit different, but, um, it was a, a private business college. And when I started, they actually only offered an associate's degree. You only went for two years. And so my associate's degree is in travel and hospitality. But then the first year I was there, they expanded their program into four years and they offered a bachelor's. So I went back and um, got my bachelor's in business and entrepreneurship. But I still had this hospitality bug. Like I was a travel agent at one point. I thought I wanted to like work on a cruise ship, like all of these different things. So I remember my project was I was a bed and breakfast owner. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> it's funny to hear you say that, that but so <laughs> yeah. I actually have, I have, um, and, I have a question back for you in regards yeah. to college. Do you feel like, you know how they say a lot, they're like, you don't need to know what you're doing. Like, it's mm-hmm. fine. You can still take your time and like figure it out. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that that's true? Um, definitely anymore. No, I, I, I really don't think that college is a must. Um, when I was going, so I'll be at the time we're recording my 34th birthdays in six days. So I graduated high school in 2005. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, I graduated in 05 from high school. And I do feel like at that point, college was still very much, that was like just what you did. Mm -hmm. Um, but especially nowadays, I, I really don't see it. And I I would never discourage someone from going to college, especially if you have a career that you need schooling for. Yeah, there's still careers that you 100% go to college for. And I can think of them off the top of my head. And I, yeah, especially I think if you're in a a creative field um, or you don't, like you said, if you don't know what you want to do, I think putting yourself into thousands of dollars of debt to figure it out is not a good plan. I just really don't. Student loan Mm -hmm. debt is something that's still, I'm literally turning 34 in six days. I'm still paying student loans. And I'm really proud of my degrees. I'm proud that I put myself, (laughs) am still putting myself through college. I do feel like my business degree does help me with what I do. And I do own a business and um, I've owned businesses in the past and definitely my degree has helped me. So I don't have any regrets about going to college, but if I was in that same position today, I don't know if I would go because the world is just so different from when I graduated high school. And there, you know, kind of a big thing is like, oh, you get the college experience and you get to meet friends and you get to be an adult and you get to be on your own. That all is about when you're an adult and you have all these bills now because of that experience. Yes, exactly. And there's just different ways to meet people now. Like you don't have to just go to college to meet like with social media. There's so many different ways to make these connections and these friendships outside of just a college campus. So yeah. And again, I I'll never want to discourage anyone if, if, college is your thing because there's so many benefits to it. And again, depending on what career path you want, you might need to actually go. But I I really don't think it's college do or die anymore. Like when I was growing up and always heard like college, 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 college. And that was all you thought about all through high school was what college am I getting into? When am I applying? I don't feel like there's that type of pressure anymore. Agreed. I have like kind of a different perspective on college because I did have the privilege. I don't, I don't have any student debt. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's because, um, well, for one, my, my parents did take care of, um, all of those bills Mm -hmm. in regards to college, but, um, to give you kind of insight on my parents, they are two really great people and they just like, but like, I always use this example because it's the funniest example to me. So my dad loves Timberland shoes. Okay. Okay. But he hates heels. So if I were to go to my dad and be like, Hey, I want a pair of like $10 heels for my birthday. He'd say, no, he'd never buy them for me ever. But if I wanted a pair of like $200 Timberlands, he'd buy them in a second because 
he has <laughs> he has this like brand value like to the to the things and the brands that he he loves. Both my parents did not grow up um with money and they really my mom didn't go to college. My dad like went to college and like, I don't really know my dad's college story because when I tell you what, like my dad's in finance, he doesn't have a college degree to do finance. And I, to this day, like when people require degree, like when people require degrees for certain things, like corporate jobs, I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Could you not even yeah. check? You're not even checking if I actually have that degree. You're just kind of like holding on to like the promise that I actually have that degree. So I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot, and I we, I've heard stories too of people absolutely like lying about having a degree, and they've proven themselves otherwise, like to their bosses, which I think is such a freaking amazing story. Um, yeah. And but with that said, like I didn't have this burden of um, having debt in regards to um, school. So that mm-hmm. is actually why I went on to get my master's degree. And it wasn't because I wanted to. It was because, as I mentioned before, my dad wanted me to. So I really mm-hmm. used this time in college to um, – I felt like I really had like a sheltered life when I was younger and didn't really um, – I didn't have like a ton of friends. I I was like – I was just like – very to myself, I guess. And going to college was such an eye opener and I wouldn't take that experience back at all because I learned so much about myself and learned exactly what I wanted to do. And seeing the way that like my um, dad works every single day in his nine to five job proved to me that that isn't something that I want to do and that I wanted to go in a completely different direction. So I'll never take advantage mm-hmm. or take um, take for granted um, the fact that I don't have student debt. Um, but I, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't have business debt. Right. I'm building my business. <laughs> That's a whole piece. Build my business. And I still get mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I think there's pros and cons to absolutely everything. Like I will tell you like, even to this day, I make a living off being a content creator, make a living off working Mm -hmm. in social media. And even when an issue, any type of issue comes up, like the fact that I don't get paid consistently um, Mm -hmm. or it's 10 times harder for me to buy a house because of that inconsistent income, I, my, my dad's in my ear saying, well, you should go get a corporate job. Mm -hmm. You should go get a corporate job and use that degree like toward something. Like, it's like, a, which one would you rather? Which one would you rather? Like, not that my yeah. parents are not, they're very supportive of me, but I think that um, deep down they have a fear that because of the inconsistency, like, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to be able to make it happen the way that, like, mm-hmm. we see some of these huge influencers making it happen. But again, there's pros and cons yeah. to everything. And what do you want? What do you really want when you wake up in the morning? What do you want to do? Because a career is a huge part of your life for a lot of people. Yeah, I would say like at least mm-hmm. 95% of people, their career is a huge part of their life. I mean, taking my dad, for example, like he's, he's going to be so mad if I get this wrong, but I don't think, I don't think he listens to podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be shocked. I think he's 65. Um, I think. 
<laughs> Forgive me. He might be 64. I don't know. But he's still working. He's still working. Yeah. Oh, it goes back to what I said. Like, I want to wake up every single morning doing something I love. Everything has pros and cons. Like, I, yeah, like, it's okay. Like, I don't get consistent income. But, like, I'm so content and, like, happy with what job I'm in because I truly feel like I have purpose in my freaking life that I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't take anything back for the entire world. I wouldn't take anything for granted. I wouldn't change any of the experiences that I like have gone through at all. And I agree. I think it's so interesting because, so I actually started social media in 2009 and I started as a blogger. Um, so I've seen the industry I mean, do like a full 180 from 2009 when it was mostly just blogs. Like YouTube was like a whisper Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. point. Um, You know, some of these platforms weren't even around then. And you would tell people, like I would tell people I was a blogger and people would be like so confused and they didn't get it. Is that a job? Do you make money? Do I have a real job? What? Why do I put myself on the internet? (laughs) Right, right. But even... Yes, yes. But now it's it's so weird these days because I'll be talking to my teenage nieces and nephews and they're just so fascinated and they want to be YouTubers and they want to be gamers and they want to and I'm like, what? Like it's so weird that mm-hmm. now children are growing up saying they want to be social media influencers and content creators because that wasn't even a thing when I was growing up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like it's been really bizarre to see it change. But there's like you said, I believe there's pros and cons to everything. And I think sometimes people look at influencers and whether it be that a lot of people post the highlights of their life on social media or sometimes it's just what people want to see like and how they want to interpret the content that they're seeing but a lot of times I hear like oh influencers have such a great life and it's so glamorous and we have all this money and all these things and I'm like you have no idea like like you said I I can't buy a house by myself because my my income is so inconsistent no bank would touch me yeah. Like, you know, That's what I'm it, struggling it with right now. Like oh my God. It makes me like, it almost makes me so sad because like I have the, um, I have my parents like in my ear, um, like in the back of like my head every time I'm like, you know, I'm going to make this happen. But the mm-hmm. way that like, without getting so into like the accounting of it, but it's like, they want to I basically have to give more money to the government that I shouldn't have to give to them mm-hmm. to <laughs> to go and buy a house because they essentially want the highest income like possible. I think the rule of thumb mm-hmm. that I have in my head is like in order to get for easiness of like numbers, in order to get a $400,000 mortgage – you need to be making $100,000. So if whatever your salary is, times it by four. And that's if you have no Mm -hmm. debt, then that is the number most likely that they will give you. So if I am making $100,000, they'll give me with $100,000 with no debt, they'll give me a $400,000 mortgage. Mm -hmm. But like you add in all the other factors, the fact that I live in New Jersey and a Mm $400,000 house barely gets you anything. Yeah. And in addition, like if you, the way that you are as a business, if you're an LLC, um, everything, although if someone were to come sue you, they're not suing Mm -hmm. like 
you personally, it's so weird. But if you're going to go like, that's, that's understandable because that's why you go get an LLC, why you go open up a business so that if God forbid something bad like that happens, you know, they're not going to come take your couch. Yeah. You know, (laughs) unless it's in your business space. But then (laughs) if you're, if you want to go buy a house and you have an, like an LLC, all of your business debt is like up against you. All of your things that are your, like, why is it separated? Like, oh, I could go on and on about how upset it makes me because essentially all the deductions that I am allowed to take because I'm a business, because my rent is also like the, my, the uh, apartment I live in is also the space that I work in and I can take a deduction of my rent Mm -hmm. because of that, a portion of the square footage. Like, I can't do that in order to – I can't take all the deductions that I normally would want to take because I want to go buy a house because I need to show as much income as possible. Mm-hmm. We're not out here making half a million dollars. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. But like that's – and that's the sad fact. So now I have to then pay more taxes to the government because of that. And it's just, and they're averaging, I don't know if they do this for and someone who has more of a consistent job, nine to five, if they mm-hmm. average the last two years of their income, but that's what they want to do for mine. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so I wish someone would have told me this. So I would have did my taxes for 2019 correctly mm-hmm. and just sucked it up and paid the extra money. But that's not what happened. Now I'm waiting another two years. Yeah. So it's like, and I'm over here like I, I don't live paycheck to paycheck, but like I'm about to, just yeah. so I can afford to move into a house and then go back to normal. It's like, oh, there's so many like like loopholes and like, I guess non loopholes, and it's it's not easy being an, an influencer, and it's so cool. I also I want to point out I hate the word influencer. Um, I like the word <laughs> content creator, so I'm going to continue just saying creator. Mm-hmm. But now that everyone knows I'm yeah. saying, I mean influencer, creator, influencer. Um, I truly just like it's not. It's so cool to see people that want to do what I do as a career that look up to me and are like, "This is so cool. I want to be you when I grow up." But mm-hmm. do people really understand? I, I don't think people really understand the hardships and the things that go on behind the scenes because there's a unique part of our job where we don't share those things all the time. The, yeah. the, the yeah. that highlight reel, and I do make it a point to share those things. Maybe not all of them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not sitting here talking about. At least personally, I'm not sitting here talking about the fact that I want a house and it's like twice as hard to go buy a house because my goal is to buy it alone and not with someone else. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I have anyone else to buy a house with anyway. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, I always say go for it because again, going back to what I said, there's pros and cons to everything, but I wish that people actually saw the cons. Mm-hmm. Like, res- like yeah. saw them, respected them and still went for it because they felt the pros were better. I agree. And I, it's like one of my, it's, it's so funny. Like as you get into adulthood and you start paying attention more to politics and policies and like all of these different things. But I mean, I've been saying for a few years that I feel like 
small businesses and entrepreneurs are just not, things have changed so much. And I don't think policies and politics are anywhere close. And I mean, obviously the topic of minimum wage has been being discussed recently. And I can't remember off the top of my head, they said it hasn't been raised in like 17 years or something. And it obviously should have been going up with inflation. I mean, I, I just, I feel like so many things are still stuck in the past and I feel like small business and entrepreneurship is, is definitely one of those things. And I thought it was really interesting. I don't know if you've seen this recently, but um, apparently influencers are now going to be able to apply for a SAG card to be able to get health insurance. Did you see that? I, I actually, so I have a really a pretty large contract with one really amazing company and they actually mm-hmm. reached out. Um, they like, it was this new thing cause I've been working with them for, um, three years at this point, two, three years. Um, and mm-hmm. They mentioned it to me and like that it was going to be a part of it. And I was like, so confused. I was like, well, why? And they they went on to explain it. So, but I didn't realize that it was, um, it's like, it's actually a requirement for them to pay for it for me. But I don't think that Mm -hmm. I get the coverage for it. But if if you heard how expensive my health insurance is, because I just turned 26 and luckily I was able to, Mm -hmm. um, just I guess the way with uh, how my health insurance was extended till the end of my the year I turned twenty six and my birthday's in February okay. so I got I got a couple months out of that. <laughs> um, nice, nice. Now, especially because I've been back to back sick in the beginning of twenty twenty one. It was like the universe mm-hmm. was like, "Hey, we're gonna make you sick so you really see how much health insurance is." <laughs> <laughs> the amount of money. Like here's here's going back to like minimum wage. Let's say someone makes and this is not even minimum. I don't need, I think minimum wage isn't even this much. $15 an hour. You multiply like $15 mm-hmm. an hour times 40 hours a week. How many how many um how many weeks are there in the year? 54? 52? Uh 52. 52. You multiply that by 52 weeks in the year. That person's making $31,200 a year. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. average, like, I'm, I'm actually going to look this up too because this is actually very interesting. The average mm-hmm. um, rent for a one-bedroom in New Jersey. <laughs> well, the <laughs> this is actually funny. It says the range is three, $300 to $8,000. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it's a big range. Um, okay. This one's actually this is from 2019 though. I think this is raised. This one's actually more realistic. 1100 to 2600. So, um I'm trying not to take mine because I do live in a very nice newer apartment and I I don't want to take the average of mine, but mine is $2100. Mm-hmm. Um if you're going to take maybe we'll say what I, where I started at cuz I started at step about 17 1800. That mm-hmm. is per month. We're gonna do seventeen hundred times twelve per month. That's twenty thousand dollars. That's a little over twenty thousand dollars. And you're gonna make minimum wage thirty thousand dollars. And you have to take taxes out of that, mind you, that salary right. that you're making. Right. Mm-hmm. Where's are you eating? Are yeah. you eating? Because that's are just doing rent. Yeah. Like that's just your rent. Just what happened? Going. Like where you're not, that's not including gas, electric, car, 
That's not including anything mm-hmm. else. You can't live off of that. Two yeah. people can't even live off of that, bringing in that amount of money. Yeah. Like, even yeah. when I was making $60,000 as an influencer, I wasn't even, like, that's still not enough money to live in this area, that, like, in the area that I live in. But, mm-hmm. like, that's crazy to me. It's so crazy to me. Like, when are we going to change all of these things, especially with small business owners, too? Yeah, getting health insurance is, it feels just simply impossible. I remember... Um, it was maybe, I don't know, three, four years ago now, but my, my husband lost his job and that was literally my biggest fear. When he called me to tell me my first thought was health insurance and I was so panicked. It wasn't the mortgage. It wasn't how he's doing. It was, oh my God, we're losing health insurance. Yeah. I don't know how to afford it. Like truly. And, um, he ended up going into more self-employment also. So now we, we both are. And I I just remember staying up for hours and hours, just researching different ways to get health insurance, looking at Cobra, like crunching numbers, trying to figure out if we could afford it. Because also at that time you still got penalized. If you had any sort of lapse in health coverage, you had to pay a fine to the government because of it. I think that is no longer, I think that went away last year or two years ago or something. But at the time that we were dealing with this, I'm also looking at a fine if I let any sort of lapse in coverage. I mean, it was horrible. And for so many small business owners, I just, it's its just, it's wild. I mean, I wanted to be working for myself full time yeah. years before I actually did because I was waiting to marry my husband to get on his health insurance so I could quit my job. That was the biggest thing holding me back was I didn't have health insurance. <laughs> I mean, it's just like wild. And then I have, you know, one of my really good friends is in Sweden and I'll tell her about these things. And she's just like, what? <laughs> like, she's, she's just oh, like totally baffled. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I know it's, it's, it's so sad when you think about something like health insurance is, is such a difficult thing and can hold so many people back and can truly like be such a fear for so many people. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, like these are the things that we don't hear as many other creators talking about. Mm-hmm. And also, I remember mm-hmm. starting YouTube, and you know, I was on for maybe a year, and I was making friends. I had multiple other YouTubers come to me with questions about taxes because they were baffled that they did their taxes and they owed so much money. Mm -hmm. because they weren't paying in Mm -hmm. estimate taxes. I mean, when you are an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a YouTuber, content creator, sure, you're getting paychecks, Mm -hmm. but they are not being taxed. So you're not paying any taxes, but you still have to pay taxes. So like for me and for a lot of people, we pay in estimate taxes every quarter. Same. And that way at the end of the year, you know, hopefully we either don't have a tax bill or it's really small or whatever it may be. But I remember so many people starting out and they had no idea. And they owed thousands and thousands of dollars. And luckily before I started YouTube, I was already owning businesses. I mean, I, I had my business degree, which once again came in handy with certain things like that. But, uh, I already was familiar with that with my publishing company and, and writing books, but I felt, I remember feeling so bad for them. I was like, I didn't realize people didn't know this going into it. And I mean, hopefully now, you know, that was years ago, hopefully now more people are 
understanding of tax laws <laughs> and different things like that. Because I hear more people talking about it these days, but you know, still some people might not know. And come tax time, you're getting a ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar bill because you didn't pay your taxes. <laughs> like it's there's 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 some sneaky things behind the scenes that you you don't know about until you until you get here and. I remember a creator telling me recently that she was trying to buy a new car and was having problems because of inconsistent income. Yep. I have problems (laughs) getting in the apartment I live in. I have problems moving into this apartment because, and that was three years ago, um, which is 2018, which was kind of Mm -hmm. the second year that I started really making money. It was towards the end of 2018. So my obviously 2018 taxes weren't done yet. And they were different mm-hmm. issues, and my dad was just like, "I'm just going to co-sign because this is this is annoying." <laughs> it's like thanks, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like yeah, going back to what you yeah. said about health insurance, I'm sit like laying on my couch, actually dying, like half dying from having COVID. Like I really, genuinely didn't feel good one of the days to mm-hmm. the point where I was really nervous, mm-hmm. and um, one of my friends was like, "Call an ambulance." And I was like, she was like, well, someone, my mom, even my mom said, she's like, well, I'll take you to the hospital if you need. I'm like, mom, my mom has like, uh, my mom has cancer, but she's, she's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. without getting too into that. But she, I was like, mom, I'm not getting in a vehicle with you while I have COVID not Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of my friends was like, call an ambulance. I was like, (laughs) call an ambulance. How expensive do you think that that, like, that is disgusting that that is the first thing that comes to my head. Oh Yeah. For sure. That is disgusting. And the only reason I think that, um, I mean, I'm sure that the health insurance that I had on my family plan, like my family was really good basically because you have like the deduct, the, um, not the deduction, the, um, deductible, deductible. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You Deductible. And you're sharing that with like, I mean, I have a big family. I'm sharing that with like my dad, my mom, my sister, my brother, my other sister. Mm-hmm. But like you're reaching that deductible faster when you have more people on it. And here I am trying to reach this $2,000 deductible <laughs> by myself. Right? And I'm sure I reached it already by how many times I've gone to the doctor in the past two months. But like that's a $2,000 on top of the money that you're paying every yeah. single month. And yeah. the same thing with taxes. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's just like they want to throw over in every corner. Yeah. I sent in my taxes today and I literally tweeted out that now my stomach was going to be in pain until I heard back from my accountant because it's just like, you don't know. (laughs) And I'm terrified because I usually, my accountant's really good and we're really, I mean, I'm, I feel very lucky to be able to have, you know, my dad in finance. So he's, but here's the Mm -hmm. thing, not aware of small business finance. He's in corporate finance. Like he's very aware of that. He's no Mm -hmm. idea about small business, but his best friend (laughs) is a lawyer and a CPA. He's an accountant and a lawyer. So like I felt super lucky and I didn't realize until, um, you know, I went and I became a full adult, full ass adult on my own. And was like, oh my God, people don't know these things. Mm-hmm. No one knows. And they're probably getting so screwed over because they don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard too, because as someone who's been doing this for a long time, finding an accountant that knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to your career being in content creation and this being a new 
I mean, social media is a new field. Being a full-time YouTuber is a new field. Sometimes it is very, very hard to find the help because people are not specialized in that. They're not educated in that because it's so new. I have been through so many accountants trying to find someone who actually understands what it is that I do because, mm-hmm. you know, you can be paying an accountant and they can still be doing your taxes all wrong. And then you lose a business for it. And that's exactly what happened to me oh, because she didn't actually know what she was doing. And then I started getting letters from the IRS saying I was going to jail for tax fraud. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like no. it ended up, it ended up working out that I didn't go to jail and I didn't get my house taken away, but I lost my business because of it. So finding someone that can be on your team that actually knows what they're doing is also still a struggle for, I know so many other YouTubers these days too. They're like, I I can't find someone who knows, who understands what it is that I do. And it's, you know, I mean, hopefully they start teaching this in college to the accountants, but I know that wasn't being taught. You know, I took basic accounting classes in, in business college too. Like this wasn't a thing being taught. So hopefully no, the curriculum's changing it's along not. with the times. <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling there like I, although I trust my accountant because he is, you know, has been with my like he's been a friend of my dad's for a very, very long time. And um mm-hmm. obviously nothing bad has happened to this point. I don't know how much <laughs> I trust him to do my taxes in the way that I need them done in order for me to mm-hmm. correctly be able to afford a home. Yeah. Because I can't afford them. It's just like, well, you can't because you have a small business. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, well, I want, I want to pivot a little bit cause I definitely want to talk to you about another big thing. Um, but I want to talk to you about your like bringing people together when you said that you, you were interested in event planning at one point, like kind of made me laugh too. Cause I can totally see that. But how I met you was through your dinners that you would have in New York City. So when Ipsy, and you know, obviously this is all pre-COVID, but when Ipsy would have their events, the Ipsy Live and the Generation Beauty, and a bunch of creators would be in New York City at one time to go, you started putting these dinners together. And I just would love to hear how you got the idea to start hosting these and why you wanted to make them happen. I guess what sparked the idea of why I started hosting them is kind of a little bit of tea, if you will. Um, But I I was always, um, I met uh, Ipsy when they really uh, started their Ipsy Open Studios and Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for that experience because it allowed me to um, just meet so many different brands and like really experience um, being a creator before I actually was one. And that was um, that was when I did do that study abroad in LA. Um, I got super lucky and ended up only living like it was just like it, the star. I always say the stars aligned, and I literally only lived like twenty minutes away from the studio. Was able to attend a lot of events and be a part of um, that community. Um, and I felt like a lot of things changed when Michelle Fawn left, mm-hmm. and, um, and not for the better unfortunately. And there was a point where, um, I wasn't invited to one of their events and I was okay with it. I was like, okay, like no Mm -hmm. big deal. Like I'm disappointed. I'm upset because, you know, would have been a great experience to go. 
Um, and I wasn't the only one that that had happened to. And I kind of thought back to, um, like whenever I would go to these events and like me and like my friends or like other creators would get together and we, we'd go to dinner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if I can't, like, if I'm, if I'm not going to this event, then like, and other people aren't either, then how are we going to like connect together? How are we going to like hang out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. um, I was just like, well, why don't we go to dinner? But then it was like, okay, well, now 50 people want to go to dinner. How how do we do that? Because I can't call and be like, hi, do you have a reservation for 50 people at 8 p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's not going to happen. So um, I – Planned the first dinner. It was super casual. I really like had no, <laughs> I had no idea on how to go about mm-hmm. it. Like none at all. And I just, um, I ended up hosting a dinner at an Italian restaurant in New York. And I actually hosted it at a different time on Saturday, on like a Saturday night where mm-hmm. there were no events happening. So, um, so everyone could attend. Yeah. So that everyone, if they wanted to go, they could go. Um, So if they weren't able to go to any, like if they weren't invited to any other events or if they weren't, um, or if they were, they could come. Um, It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing for me was that people are going to pay to come because where's, I I don't have money out of my butt to just like (laughs) go out and create this for everybody. So, um, so I hosted the first one back in 20... I think it was 2016, actually. Um, I think, I think. Um, And there were 30 people there. First one, Mm -hmm. 30 people were like, I'm coming. And it was so much fun. And I just continued to host them. I continued to host them. Um, And I I learned, of course, along the way. But – they were to get creators together because we were all, as you mentioned, like all in the same space. It was to get creators together, to meet each other, to connect because our world is so social media based that we don't get to see each other in person all the time. So taking advantage of the fact that most people are there for something else, why not Mm -hmm. bring them together for this? And um, that's what that's how it kind of started. Um, So it stemmed from not being invited to something. Because I was and being so excited to be invited to this to this event and wanting to be a part of something and meet people and meet brands and I wasn't invited to it, so it sparked. Well, I can just do it myself. Yeah. How many people can you really yeah. talk to in just two hours anyway? So I was like, yeah. all right, I'm just gonna do it. I want to. I I'd go out to dinner with some creators anyway. Let's put it all together. Yeah. Um, and that turned into this thing where it started with creators, brands started to catch on wanting to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, we incorporated like, uh, like giveaways and goodie bags into it. And then, um, it went from there and we incorporated more of like an educational side of it as well. Like learning. Cause we were just all learning from each other. Um, mm-hmm. and to this mm-hmm. day, unfortunately, because of COVID, um, we have not, we have not hosted one since, um, fall of 2019. Um, we're kind of working on a lot of things behind the scenes, but 
myself and my business partner, Amanda, who was actually at the first dinner. So I came up with this idea oh. and then Amanda was at the first dinner. We got to know each other. She just was so sweet. She was like, can I help? Like, is there anything that I can help with? And she was always there um, for me and like helping me because she has such a different skill set than me um, in regards to graphic design and, um, website development and myself and Amanda, um, kind of got together and we're like, let's do this together. Let's make this into a bigger thing mm-hmm. because we went from 30 people to 120 people and selling out. And like, mm-hmm. I was hosting these, we're hosting the dinners at this place in New York. And like, I physically couldn't fit a single other person in the space. <laughs> and brands were like, can I have a table there? And I was like, no, you can't. Because when you come see the space, you're going to understand why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just very cozy. Yeah. <laughs> and it became the best problem to have, I guess, that there was just so many people that wanted to be a part of it and not, there just wasn't enough space. And, um, Mm -hmm. we were like, I think we have something here and we should probably do something about that. And we kind of came up with, um, the name beautiful, which means, um, beautiful Mm -hmm. ally, beautiful friend, beautiful friend and ally. Um, and started this journey into creating, the ultimate platform for everything that a creator needs to build um, connections and community um, to communicate Mm -hmm. better between creator to creator, creator to brand um, and also to educate because as we've been talking about this whole time, there's such a lack of education in the space. So Mm -hmm. um, we did, we've had nine dinners to date. So since the last one in 2019, we've we've had nine. Um, Most of them have been in New York City, um, two out in LA, one in Toronto, one in San Francisco, and they've all been really successful and um, have all been so amazing. And the feedback from everyone, brands and creators combined, like has always been so amazing. And people are like, yes, this is great. I love this. And um yeah, we just were like, we have to turn this into like a platform. We have to turn this into something. And and our uh, that's a, kind of like our focus now is focusing on the um, on the platform and the education side of it. Um, so we've been kind of quiet lately, just focusing on all of that. Um, I think we are actually taking, um, I would call them like a pre-application on our site, like beautifully.com. It's beautiful. And then the end is F-A-L-I. And um, we're taking applications to um, accept people. It's it's mainly, you know why? It's because it's a very, it's a, it's focused. We focus on beauty mm-hmm. and we focus on um, creators like in the beauty space. And we just want to make sure um, that you are both of those. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't, if you haven't started already, there's so many general questions that you could ask. But when you actually start, like if someone ever asks me, how do I become a beauty creator? I'm like, we have to start first. Mm-hmm. You got to do it. You got to just do it. I can't really give you a place to start. Like yeah. I could say, I could say maybe like figure out, like figure out your niche and make sure all your usernames across like your social media is the same. 
(laughs) That's really the only advice I could give. But if you, once you start, you're then going to have, you're going to learn the platforms. You can read all you want about Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube. You can read all you want about them, but you're not going to actually learn how to use them unless you actually use them. So, you know, post to them and do it and start it. Um, But that's why we kind of have that application process to weed out um, anyone who is not a beauty creator Mm-hmm. because that's heavily our focus. Um, and we hope to just have this platform to really teach and share so much information with that's really curated for a creator to learn and grow and um, be successful to go for the, for the person that is, you know, in a nine to five job or in another job and doing content creation, like on the side, I want to show you how to go from that to being a full-time creator, to being in my position where you're confident enough to leave a stable job and mm-hmm. you know put that fear behind you and be a full-time creator. And I, I love hearing that because like I said, that was the first time that I met you. And I remember I it was going to be my first Ipsy event that I was going to and I was going with my friend, um, Ashley Clady, and then our other friend, Makeup Molly, was going to meet us there. And she told us about this dinner and it had Molly. already sold out. It, yeah, it had it had sold out, but we were able, you had put together a thing where if mm-hmm. there's any more people that wanted it, we could go in the bottom part of I the restaurant. Cause so bad. I was like, oh my God, we sold out and there's so many people asking to be a part of it. And I was like, what can yes. I do? And the restaurant was so yes. mad at me for like making a reservation for a table downstairs because they were so packed. Like, Oh, so busy. So I've been to two now. I went to... So it would have been 2018 and 2019. And I mean, that restaurant is packed at all freaking moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. one of my favorite stories is with my friend, Linda, who's glitter fallout. The first time I ever met her was through Jen loves. And we were at this crowded restaurant, just people everywhere. And one of us was trying to walk through to get to the bathroom. I don't even remember which one of us, but we were literally like boob to boob. <laughs> smooshing against each other like oh hi my name is Linda I'm like, oh, hi I'm Smith Marsh nice to meet you <laughs> so we're like trying to pass each other and we still bring it up to this day like remember that's how we met that was fun that's like so fun. but it just was such a good time such a good atmosphere I mean I've met so many people through the dinner through brand like also brand owners because you mm-hmm. would have like two brands two a representative from like two brands at each table. It's like, I sit down and they're like, Oh, hi. I think the last one was maybe like Pixie beauty. I want to say, but they're like, Oh, hi, I'm with Pixie. I'm like, hi. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing like that out there. So it was just, it was so cool. And I remember for COVID when we started to realize, Oh, it's not going to be eight weeks (laughs) that it's going to be a little bit longer. People were immediately like, oh my gosh, the events are going to be canceled. Like, yeah, there's no Ipsy, there's no Generation Beauty, but there's no Julia's dinner. And like, that's what people were so upset about. Like, sure, we missed the event and that's a big thing. And like, that's cool to see brands, but there's something really special about the dinner. And that's what so many of me and my friends were saying we were so bummed to miss. So whenever those days get to happen again, I'm going to be first in line to buy a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) I truly, truly hope that they do happen again because I think that there's something so different about having more of the personal in-person 
conversations and connection. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I always tried to do as an, as a creator, like with brands. And mm-hmm. I would go to the city and I, you should see me like when, whenever there'd be an event in the city, I would try to find as many brands as I could, especially when I lived pretty far from the city, I would try to find as many mm-hmm. brands as I could to meet with on that day. And I would be there yeah. from like 10 o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. And it would just be back to back like meetings with coffee uh, events for launches Mm -hmm. and um, the meetings um, for dinner or breakfast, brunch, lunch, coffee with the brands made such a difference in the connection that you made Mm -hmm. with that company. It truly, truly did. And that's really the idea um, of, of why I had the, uh, like wanted to bring in brands, um, mm-hmm. which I think we did pretty, pretty early on. And, um, I think it was, it was interesting too, cause a lot of brands at first were so confused at like what was actually going on. And then when they finally yeah. came to dinner, they realized, wow, this is great. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, oh man, I, I can't, I just, I'm going to be so excited when we can do that again. Cause it was, so, so special. Um, and just something different in the industry that really brings people together. And I think I'm someone who's really big on community myself, kind of like my tagline that I always say is community over competition. And I just so firmly believe it. And I think there's so many of us that really strive to have that community feel because what we do is so self-isolating and we sit and we talk to our cameras all day and, and our social media all day, but it's so nice to be able, especially to meet people that do the same thing you do. And you can ask a simple question that maybe you're too embarrassed to message to someone, or you're just like, not sure, like to be able to talk to someone face to face and be like, you know what, um, can you help me with this? Like, it's such Mm -hmm. a big, big thing. So I think what you do is so amazing. So yeah, I really wanted to talk to you about that and say that I hope that we can get back to that soon. Cause I just think they're so special. <laughs> yeah, I truly, truly hope so too, because we had some bomb ideas for yeah. dinner yeah. number 10. Oh. We had some amazing ah. ideas and we, oh my God, it was such a ballsy thing of me and Amanda too. We were like, we kept like, I mean, even in general, starting Beautiful, we'd look at each other like, we're really going to do this. Like just me and yeah. you, like, just us too. No one yeah. else. Like we're really gonna do this, um, but mm-hmm. with that event that we were planning, we really were like crazy. We <laughs> we were crazy, and um, I think I mean I think everything happens for a reason, and and um, the path that the universe decided to put us on uh, for Beautiful mm-hmm. is totally okay, and we're kind mm-hmm. of focusing on trying to figure out as I mentioned, like how to get the, the platform, like the virtual part of everything mm-hmm. up and running mm-hmm. and going, um, because that is going to be even more amazing. It's going to be so, the hope eventually is for it to be so detailed that, um, as a beauty creator specifically, like you don't need anything else. That will be amazing. Oh, I'm sure so many people would, would so look forward to that. Um, well, I know. So we're we're about at our at our hour, and I want to respect your time. So oh, yeah, um, to wrap up, <laughs> to wrap up, do you want to share where listeners can find you on the internet? Yeah. Um, so if you do, just search Julia Salvia, 
S-A-L-V-I-A. It is means sage in Italian. Um, you can find me um, absolutely anywhere. But um, YouTube, it's uh, youtube.com slash Julia Salvia. Instagram, it's at beauty by Julia. And then TikTok is also um, Julia, just at Julia Salvia. And then Pinterest, because I love Pinterest and I'm so, I love aesthetics. I love aesthetics. So if you're into aesthetics and whatnot like me, (laughs) my Pinterest is (laughs) com slash beauty by Julia. Amazing. All right. Well, I will have all of that in the show notes. And thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun to talk to you. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who tuned in and listened. All right. Another big thank you to Julia for coming on the podcast and chatting with me. I hope that you enjoyed hearing our conversation and just just had fun with it or took something away from it. And it was such a blast to be able to to talk with her. So I will have all of Julia's links in the show notes if you want to check her out and follow her or if you want to get more information on My Beautiful which I highly recommend that you do because I'm really, really excited for this and everything that they have in store. So another thank you to Julia for coming on. And of course, if you enjoyed it, I would love if you wanted to share it. I do always like to reshare Uh, any screenshots of listening to the episode or any feedback that you might have on it. Or if you want to take a minute to subscribe or follow the podcast or leave a review or rating wherever it is that you're listening, that always does help the podcast out so much. But uh, thank you. I am kind of going back to every other week. I have some interviews lined up uh, over the next couple of weeks here. So I'm going to go back to the every other Thursday for an upload. My schedule is pretty crazy in the month of April. and probably through the rest of this season of the podcast. And then we will see where the next season takes us. But thank you so much for listening and your support on the podcast and my collection. I really do appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening and until next time.